Hey everybody, Dan Helley here once again on the In The Know podcast with Ben Dale, high school principal for another month or two here at... Uh, 21 days. 21 days. Not like you're counting <laughs> No, or I am counting. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, we'll, we'll get to what you're going to be doing here in a minute. But um, what are you hearing from students? My daughter's a freshman. She's been back for a while now. It's becoming more and more normal, I think, um, the, the way that they're learning and the processes that they have to go through to get there. Students seem excited to be back. There's a lot of smiles. I'm, generally, I see them as they enter, but I've made the rounds. I've been to every classroom three times now since April 19th. So uh, I see them in class. And coming back the way we came back is an adjustment. So even though it's getting back to normal, it's still not normal. Right. So you see a lot of variation from class to class in terms of the students and their engagement because this is, it's an intermediary step between distance learning and fully back on campus. Right. It's this hybrid model. So, but at the gates, it's smiles and thank yous and kids here are so polite. Ridiculous. You know, <laughs> uh, all I did was check, in, check you in on Ruvna. You know, they're like, thank you, Dr. Dale. You know, they're so amazing here. It's really nice. We do have a lot of uh, great kids yeah. um, and great teachers. 99% of the teachers are back in person. Um, how are they adjusting to this in-person learning once again? Well, they're working hard. It's a completely, yet again, new way of teaching because you have some kids in the room and some kids on a screen, so it's a mixed bag in every right. class. And every teacher is handling it differently. I think the first week, it was a lot of teachers still teaching to the Zoom. Uh, but the second and third complete rounds that I've made of campus, I see more and more. And now I would say it's far more teachers teaching mainly to the, those in the room with kids on camera and then interacting with them uh, at key moments. So I see a shift. And over time, I think we would see an even greater shift and more uniformity and more of a best practice standardization. <clears throat> but this form is going to change also in the fall, I think. So roughly half the students came back initially <clears throat> for yeah. in-person learning. Have we seen that grow from the day the students first got back on campus? I don't know the exact numbers, the exact data, but not really. It's an ebb and a flow. So if you have 10 or 15 kids who come back for some reason, you could also have 10 or 15 kids who go back to distance learning for, and, and, and the reasons are as many as there are kids that are moving. I mean, it's not one single reason in any, in any way. How's the block scheduling working so far? I know as a parent, yeah. it took me a couple days to get used to it when I get the phone call, Dad, where are you? Uh, our, our pickup is at, not at 12.05 today, it's 11.25. Yeah. So here, here's a cool hack, you ready? Uh, it's the schedule of the date. So if it's an odd date, it's the odd schedule. If it's an even date, it's the even schedule. I, Why didn't somebody tell me that? I, don't I needed know how, to do this podcast earlier. That got pointed out to me by a parent. I didn't realize that it, it had gone down that way. A parent said, uh, so did you, Ben, did you do that on purpose? Did you make it so an even day is 246 and an odd date is 1 through 5? I go, you know what? Uh, I don't like to comment on things like that. <laughs> but the reality was like, no. Did not think of that. No, heck no. It, uh, really? And, uh, so I went and checked it, and it's true. Well, you, you're talking about the parents. What, what kind of feedback overall have you been getting from the parents so far? Generally supportive, but that's not unusual. 
the bulk of parents in this community are unbelievably supportive. And, and you'll get some that have concerns and are facing challenges, and that's okay. Uh, and we try to work with them as best we can, as best we can. Sometimes the challenge or the concern is either so beyond our mission and vision here, or it's, we, there's no way we can help them, you know. But by and large, the feedback has been positive and supportive. Look, it, nobody likes what's happening, but everybody understands what's happening. Right. So even, even folks that have vocal and uh, passionate concerns, on some level, they get the complexities of what's happening. I had a parent who emailed me within the last 10 days or so. And during my 11 years here, this parent has had multiple kids come through. So uh, I have a long relationship with this parent, 11 mm -hmm. years. This parent sent me an email. I forwarded it to Dr. Matthews. I couldn't believe it because every email for 11 years has been how horrible I am, you know. And this email recently said, uh, nice job with the graduation planning. You're showing innovative solutions to complex problems. And I just went, that's unbelievable. This parent who's just wanted to throw me off a bridge <laughs> sent this email and it just reinforces the fact that people are going to voice concern and opposition and they're going to, you know, voice displeasure, but everybody gets what's happening. Right. Right. We didn't manufacture this. We're just trying to get through it. Well, you're, you're, you are working under the circumstances that you've been dealt, right? You, sure. You didn't make those circumstances, obviously. And no. I think one of the huge positives, uh, my daughter Caroline is playing lacrosse, and sports was one of the first things to kind of come back. I know uh, a bunch of buddies have kids on the football team right now, and they came were practicing for a long time, first in their pods, and then they had their games. And that's been such a huge part of school spirit forever, not only here but everywhere. But what has that meant to have the kids on the field or in the gym playing a sport in addition to, to coming in here and trying to learn under difficult circumstances? I believe it alleviated instantly that uh, fear of missing out anxiety, that they were able to get back on campus. And I have no data to back this up, none. I think it's part of the reason why we're only seeing 48%. Because we had, what, close to 1,500 athletes on the campus many days a week since September. So there wasn't this universal, uh, I, we, we've got to get back on campus because we haven't been on campus. Kids have been on campus. They're getting that, that Jones, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of being here out of the way. And so now you can come back to the classroom and it isn't, oh, I, I can't wait to get back on campus. School's reopening. They've been here. Right. So uh, that whatever that anxiety that was there was fed through athletics. And then when we opened up the classrooms again, there wasn't this clamoring to get back here because we've been back here. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And, uh, but I have, I have zero survey data to back that up. It's just my walking around uh, data gathering. Uh, the basketball teams went over Redondo. Had to be pretty cool, huh? The boys, the girls uh, did not. They uh, came up short, but the boys, for certain, those, those are always good wins. Any win's a good win, uh, but 
you know, you beat a rival, and that's always fun, right? Yeah, it's always a little better. I mean, you see those guys around, right? So it's, it's, it's fun when you win those games. And this is in the know, so you should know. Redondo's our fun rival. Yeah, absolutely. Loyola's not our fun rival. <laughs> Loyola's a different kind of rival. The volleyball games against Loyola recently, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came up short. Yeah. Uh, I think we split with them, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. yeah, to the best of my knowledge. You know who else is emerging as a rival and not the Redondo kind is PV. Yep. We've got a pretty tense rivalry with PV that's emerged of late. Well, I just see that from the lacrosse uh, yeah. perspective, and their program is, is significantly older than ours here. Um, but I, I just from sitting in the stands with the parents, I sense that that has become a rather big rivalry, at least in that uh, lacrosse landscape. Isn't that something? Yeah, I love it. But the, the rivalries are great because they generate interest. Sure. And people show up. They fill the seats, and that all has positive. It has positive for the athletes. You know, it doesn't hurt that it generates revenue. We can all the schools can continue to grow. So those rivalries are great. I don't shy away from them. Well, and one of the reasons the rivalries are rivalries is because of proximity and because these kids play on club teams yeah. with the kids from the other schools. So they they know half of them when they're out there, and totally makes you want to beat them even a little more than you know. Another school, perhaps. I don't know about a little more. A lot more, maybe. A little <laughs> so, more, let's say Culver City or something. Let's take the equivocation out. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> I, I like it. Well, you are, you said 21 days. Yeah. What's next? What are you doing? You're way too young to retire. This can't be it. I'm retiring. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're going to do what? Initially, I'm going to sit on my back deck and drink Diet Sprite and watch my dogs wrestle. You know, my dad said that. And that was five years ago. Uh And he's still doing the same thing. (laughs) Well, if that's the worst thing that happens to me, that's pretty okay. That's okay. Yeah, I'll find something. I don't need to. But uh, about a year and a half ago, I started writing down ideas Mm -hmm. because I feared retirement. And uh, because my whole life has been about work and career and Sure. Facing challenges and, you know, doing the thing. And I started to really think about it because I feared it. And uh, so I've got some ideas, but I'm going to take it slow. Good. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. Well, come with me. <laughs> I should. I'll come visit uh-huh. you. And, and where are you going again? Albuquerque. Albuquerque. And, and you got everything all set up there, ready My to roll. My family's been out there since February. Oh, that's great. That's great. What, what, what should we hope for in the person that replaces you here? Hopefully what I hope for, uh, which is somebody who can come in with new energy and new ideas and a fresh approach. Um, I think it's time. And I really hope that for the school. And I love Costa so much. Part of leaving is that love. Because at some point as a leader of anything, you have to say the best thing for the organization if I truly love the organization, the best thing for the organization is for me to step aside and have somebody new and fresh come in and do whatever it is they're going to do with that new, fresh, energetic approach. So that's what I'm hoping for. Right. I'd like to think that they would come in and go, there's some really neat things that were done here in the last decade. Let's keep some of this. That'd be nice. Keep the good stuff. Sure. But as I started my transition memo, for the new principal, which is now five pages long, <laughs> uh, I started to realize how much is left undone here. Um, so, I listen. The new principal 
is going to be great. And I have, because that, that's the most likely scenario, right? It's the rare scenario where it's a dumpster fire. The most likely scenario is they come in, they're great, and do all those things. If you had to put, you're looking at, uh, through a magic ball and you're trying to predict what happens next year, how different is it going to look next year, do you think, as compared to just no COVID, regular year? I, I don't understand what you're... Like between what, the way things are now yeah. and the way things used to be, how much progress like oh. over time do you think, well, you know, will there be plexiglass still up? Or are we going to be on this schedule? Or do you think things, if we keep progressing in a natural manner, could be almost totally normal by next fall? That's a, that's a, that, that right there is the current $64,000 question in education. Right. What do we keep from the pandemic? What do we keep? What do we toss? Right. And because I'm retiring, I haven't put a ton of thought into it. <laughs> but there are things that are amazing. Like uh, before, if you were absent or uh, suspended or you got an illness that put you, or an injury that put you down for a while, uh, it was a real struggle what you were missing in the classroom. Right. We don't have to do that anymore. So you get appendicitis, you know, let's think up something that's, right, not that scary. You get appendicitis, you're down for what, maybe a week? A week, sure. Sure. Uh, you just get the Zoom code and zoom in. Right. And now you're back in the classroom. That stuff we've been wrestling with for decades. How do we, what can we do about that? And then the pandemic just handed it to us. And part of that issue is we didn't know what to do. The other part of that issue is teachers were uncomfortable with any innovative solutions that we came up with because they just were. Well, because they haven't done it before. Yeah. It's new. It's out of their box. It's yeah. different. It's and, not and a now, deficiency. It's right. just humanity. Human, human nature, sure. Yeah, and, and now it's not there. And when we come back to hybrid and we gave teachers the choice of uh, live streaming or teaching the same thing in the morning and then again at virtually in the afternoon, they were all comfortable with the live streaming, like suddenly. And if prior to uh, March 13th, 2020, anytime you brought up cameras in the classroom or live streaming, it was a real problem with the staff to bring that kind of thing up. And now it's just accepted. Right. Which is, for, if you've been in the business as long as I have, it's just insane, that whole notion. If you'd asked me five years ago, hey, five years from now, all of your staff is going to be comfortable with live streaming, I would have said, no way. You're a nut. Yeah. Yeah. And it's here. So things like that. Um, posting content and receiving assignments through an online source, which we use Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. It's now universally accepted that that's the most efficient way to do things. And the number of teachers that I've had that have said, I, I love getting the stuff that way. I can, I can do so much more efficiently especially the, considering the teachers that it's coming from, I'm like, that's amazing. So that kind of stuff we should always keep. Now, the half days and the, you know, that's a little strange and we're doing it just for the pandemic. So that's an obvious one that mm -hmm. will go away instantly is being done with school at 1230. Right. Right. But having some flexibility with instructional days and bell schedules, that's something that 
could be a positive thing from the pandemic that staffs keep because traditionally staff has been very resistant, reluctant is a better word. Mm -hmm. Staff's been very reluctant to change bell schedules and instructional days and when does first period meet and when does third period meet and the pandemic did away with all that. Yeah. So if staff can retain that culture, that's a very positive thing for education, very positive. Well, we are looking forward to next year. We're going to miss you. Good Thank luck you. in Albuquerque. Thank you. Um, and enjoy it, man. It's, it's the good life that you have coming up. I hope so. Yeah. That's what I'm counting on. No doubt. Ben Dale, thank you very much. Thank you.